Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle with Matt Watson and I am Matt DeCourcy. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? I'm okay. Why are you so sweaty, man? We're talking about sports today, right? You're not playing sports, though. Oh, shit. Well, that's a problem. I, we got someone that's an expert on sports and talking about them. So he got you all uh, upset about our high-tech audio room here? No, I think he's super impressed. Let's go ahead and introduce <laughs> him. Today, we have with us Mr. Bob Fesco of 610 Sports. Hi, Bob. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hardly an expert on sports, more of an expert on blabbering about sports, I guess you could say. That's a, that's a sport in itself. Would you think so? Yeah, I'm just impressed with the voice. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Prior, and, you know, I'll tell you something, Bob. It's man. all those unfiltered Paul Malls that I smoke before the show, you know? <laughs> it is really smoky. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt, Mr. Watson's voice has actually gone down three octaves. Yeah, it keeps getting deeper and deeper. See, you're going to say, you know, I've always wanted the true radio voice, but Bob's got it. So, you know, today's a little change, change of pace for us, but it really isn't because some of the things we'll talk about today are related to broadcasting sports and everything like that, but trying to maybe bring out a few things about the broadcasting and sports talk or, you know, broadcasting in general business and how you get started. And then Bob, I'm sure you have some interesting stories for us. Well, I mean, people always ask, well, when did you know, like you wanted to do this? I always say I was eight, you know, and that's when I realized I was never going to play a sport. I think when you're a boy growing up, your dream is to, you know, be the first baseman for whatever team or a wide receiver for whatever football team. For me, I realized at a very young age, eh, no, no way in hell that's happening. But I always loved John Madden and Pat Summerall. And I would sit and watch giant games with my dad every Sunday growing up. And Pat Summerall and John Madden were always on the call of the game. And I thought, that's kind of a fun job. They you know, just basically talk about what's going on out there. So like, from the time I was eight years old, it's always been something that I wanted to do. And then I decided, you know, how, how am I going to do this? What do I want to do? Because you know, my parents, you know, God love them. They, they didn't have any clue. They had no direction. My dad was a worked for an oil company. My mother was a teacher. The last thing they know how to do is to get their kid into, into broadcasting. So I've always wanted to do it. And one night, my my sister was a competitive swimmer and, and very good competitive swimmer. And she, she was out swimming and used to travel all over the East coast for these swim meets, you know, go like all over the place. And we were stuck. I don't remember where, but we were, we were at a, a Japanese steakhouse and one of her swim part, one swim teammates father was from Topeka, Kansas. And he'd made millions on wall street and he was retired about the age of 35, much like Matt should be right now. And he was pounding <laughs> shots of sake. And I'll never I've forget Matt do that. You, you've probably least. done that. And he's shooting sake and says, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to go into journalism. He goes, then go to Kansas. And I said, I have no idea where that is. And so <laughs> got on a plane, went and saw the University of Kansas. And it's the only school that I really applied to and the only school that I wanted to go to. And here I am, you know, 20 some years later, you know, working in Kansas City and, and living, I guess, a dream, you could say, having time in my life. Living the dream. Guy said on Monday Night Football that one time. Well, first off, congratulations on uh, embracing the winning tradition at Kansas. You got I too am a Jayhawk and very proud of it. You know, a lot of our listeners, we've had listeners already from 90 countries. Um, could either of you name 90 countries? No. I can't. No. I'm not even sure I knew there were 90 countries until I saw that list. There's 185. That's it? Plus 15 more that aren't 
recognized by the United Nations. Okay. So there's really 200. Yeah. Quick Google search gives you that, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So well, I, I have, Stackify has users in like 130 of them, 140 of them. Bragger. So. Yeah, no doubt. Come on. <laughs> Our website gets traffic every single week from all 200 plus. Really? Wow. Every week, yeah. That's impressive. So that's how I know this. <laughs> okay. So if we want to learn about world geography, then we should just start a software company. Check our Google Analytics. So speaking of starting, and that was an interesting story, but now you got to fix so did you tra- graduate with a journalism degree? Yeah, which was a mistake. I, I mean, it's a useless degree. I, I, I tell people all the time, <laughs> like seriously, like like you, you graduate with this journalism degree. What what is that really going to get you? If if I had it to do all over again, I would have gone and majored in international business or something like that, and had the journalism and, and the uh, and the radio stuff as kind of a fallback option because you don't really need a degree. To, to be on the radio. You don't really need a degree to be on television. You don't really need a degree to write in the newspaper. You just have to have something to say. You have to have an entertaining way of doing it. And you have to find a way to connect with listeners. And I, I don't think a journalism degree really teaches you that. I hardly use anything that I, that I did in journalism school. And I would never tell a kid, oh, go through journalism and do it like that. Because I, I, looking back, that degree is worth the paper it's printed on. And that's about it. So I, I did get a journalism degree, but it was all about meeting people, doing internships, taking grunt work jobs, you know, busting your ass, be willing to do anything that anybody asked of you. And they would see that you had a work ethic. And if you could show them you had a work ethic and you were halfway decent on the air, you got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And that's what it's all about. And I think so many people lose that now today. They don't want to have a work ethic. They just want crap handed to them. And that's just not the way the world works. Bob, you are our new co-host. I don't, I don't think anybody has come down, come in on the show and laid that down with such precision because I, Matt, we spend a lot of time talking about that. And it's called the startup hustle for a reason, right? Yeah. And I don't think you need to be a startup founder and entrepreneur to need some hustle to, you know, I like to say success demands payment in advance. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I'm curious about. What was your first job in broadcast? My first job, I got fired the first day. It was, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's funny now, but I, I was doing. I was doing high school games in Appleton City, Missouri, and it was where is that? Right down south on seventy one. You, you, you take it like Archie, Adrian, Appleton City. It was on some radio station that was like the voice of the Truman Lake region, or I don't know what the hell it was. So I was, I was. I, I'm fr- I've lived here my whole life. I have no idea where that city yeah, is. Just, I don't even know. Is the Truman Lake region? Is that the Ozarks? Something like no, it's before the Ozarks. It's like Ozark Light, I think, or something okay. like that. So look at it on a map. So you have a list. huge listening audience. Huge. For high school well, basketball? No, football. It was huge because it was a town of 800 and they were all listening to the game, right? So <laughs> I was like, I think a junior, maybe a junior in high school, not high school, college. And somebody said, hey, do you want to make 10 bucks on a Friday night being the color analyst on Appleton City football games? Well, hell yes, I do, right? So when you're a kid that grows up in New Jersey, you listen to WFAN, Mike and the Mad Dog, you got in your mind that it's all about criticism, right? Well, this is high school. Well, I was calling out this kid on the offensive line who was supposed to be this prospect. This kid's terrible. I mean, this guy's blocking nobody, right? They fired me after the game. So I had to go and uh, I had a professor by the name of Tom Hedrick who luckily got the job back for me. And he goes, Bobby Fesco, you're going to go down there and you're going to eat some humble pie and you're going to apologize and we're going to get this thing worked out right. And I said, okay, fine. So I go down there, I apologize, admit that I do it wrong, which was a great learning experience because I learned right away, you can't be an ass all the time. You know, you just can't do that. You have to pick and choose your places to be an ass. And at high school football in a town of 800 or whatever Appleton City is, 
that's not the time or place to be an ass. And I remember I got my first paycheck. And it was the $10 a game. They took out taxes. It was like $7.42. Like I'm driving two hours wasting gas for seven bucks. It was hardly worth it. I mean, it was terrible, but it was a great learning experience for me. Well, do you have any of those tapes? I, you know, somewhere. My wife just told me last night, she's like, you got a box of a crap everywhere. You got to figure out what's going to happen and, and get rid of all this stuff. But, you know, I, I, I probably have them somewhere. And that helped me obviously springboard into my first real job, which was in Seguin, Texas, right outside of San Antonio. Great spot to start. Just you know, 20 minutes from San Antonio, hour an hour from Austin, maybe two hours from the beach, two hours from Mexico. And it was just a, a great place to, to, to really get your first start. And I and took what, that. What were you doing there? I was, I was the they call it the sports director. I was doing Texas Lutheran University football play-by-play, and I was doing morning sports and afternoon sports and covering like six high schools. So, you know, you, you did mornings from like five to, I don't know, nine or whatever it was. Took a break, took a quick nap, went met with a high school coach here, high school coach there, came back, did the afternoon sports, then went and covered a Spurs game at night. And then during the fall, you do the, the football games. And so those were a lot of fun getting to see, you know, high school football in Texas was cool. And, and it was really unique to see that and how that all interacted. But I took that job over uh, another opportunity in Falls City, Nebraska, because the job in Seguin was paying me sixteen five a year. And I got a chance to make an extra $1,000 by doing the, the college football game. So I made seventeen five in my first job. So you jumped ship from one job to the other one for 1000 bucks. Well, I, I didn't take the job in Falls City, Nebraska, because mm. they were only offering like 14 or something like that. And I'll never forget the guy in the station in Falls City, Nebraska. And I actually went back there. This past year, I was driving around Nebraska with my kids killing a day. Okay, We went and looked at the bald eagles or something like that on the bluffs of the river and ended up in Nebraska. I'm going through Falls City, and I gave the finger because I'll never forget the guy. <laughs> when I told him I wasn't taking the job, he says, you will never amount to anything in this business. And I said, okay, fair enough. Thank you very much, Herb Tarlick, for that advice. And I'm on my way to Texas. And Herb not Tarlick, I, if you are listening, <laughs> shame on you. Yeah, and, and not that I think I've amounted to anything, but I had a pretty nice career here for the last 20 years that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. So, you know, I haven't amounted to be John Madden or, you know, Joe Buck or anybody like that, but you know, I'll but take what I can I'm, get. If you were Joe Buck, I'm not sure I would have invited you <laughs> on the show. I'm one of those people that's not a fan for several different reasons. Right. Reminds me when I was in high school, I was really, really sick and I worked at Walmart and I called in and for whatever reason I decided I was going to just quit. And the lady on the phone told me it was a bridge I did not want to burn. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, if you if like, you I was quit, quitting. I was like, was a bridge. I don't Had that work out for you? <laughs> it went, it went just you ever go back to Walmart and find that lady and go? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was like, it was like several years later. She was still there. Yeah, I, I've never seen. Did this you, guy. Did you <laughs> say to her? No, you should have. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I've never seen that guy in Falls City, Nebraska. I don't even know if he's with us anymore. But I, I know that was the right decision for me at the time. Just go to Texas, and I, I grew up down there, and I couldn't have worked for better people down there. They were awesome. So what you described, which is basically probably thankless and not paying well and a lot of work and a lot of dedication sounds a lot like being an entrepreneur and a startup founder. So, you know, for most people that I talk to that are entrepreneurs, they're going to say, you know, you have a love or a passion for what you're doing and it, it, it becomes an obsession. Mm-hmm. At a certain point too. Do you think that that is an absolute requirement to make 
a business or a career out of broadcasting? Yeah, I think you do have to have the passion because there's, there's going to be days where it's not going to go good. You know, there's going to be days where, you, you know, maybe you don't get the, the client that you want to sponsor the show or w- whatever the case may be. Or you may go through a time where, you know, the teams are losing. You got to still get people to listen to you every day, even if the Royals aren't doing something great on the field or the Chiefs are, you know, blowing another playoff game. You have to find a way <laughs> to get, you know, people to stay interested. Not, oh, I'm turning it off because the teams are losing. Well, we don't want that. You know, we want you to come back for us. And that's why we try to be entertaining and just talk about whatever's going on. It's not always going to be hardcore sports. I can't remember the last time we got into a hardcore sports argument or talked about hardcore sports because I just don't think there's enough people that really want hardcore sports every single day, especially in the mornings when they're waking up and driving to work. And they got to figure out where the hell they are, let alone, you know, what a batting average is. So we try to be entertaining. We try to have fun. We move it along very quickly. It's a fast paced show and it is a lot of work and people don't realize the work that goes in to producing a four hour radio show every day. And we asked you before we hit record what amount of preparation time goes into that. And your response was 20 hours. Yeah. We prepare 20 hours to do a four hour show. I mean, cause everything you do in your life is part of the show, whether it's something with your kids or whether it's something that you're doing as a, as a coach with your kids, or, you know, you're at the gym or something and somebody has a conversation with you about something, all that comes back to, you know, bringing it on the air and putting it on the air. And you can have a lot more conversations now with people too, with social media, the way that it is some good, some bad. Well, that's uh, a very interesting dynamic and it's changed a lot over the years as well. Like you look at stuff that you could, would, or might say on the radio and it's almost like they reward inflammatory behavior. And it's not only just in radio, but on TV. And, and where do you draw the line between, you know, like what are some things that I could do to tank my career, my potential career, as a broadcaster or maybe improve it? Uh, well, I, I think you, 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 people want to get noticed. They want to get clicks. Like that's the big thing. Ooh, get favorites, get likes, get retweets. People, people like, you know, strive to do all of that, but you know what, you know what, like page on Twitter or retweet page on Twitter, nothing. I mean, your, your Twitter's getting all kinds of credit for that. And they're getting a lot like the payment on a podcast. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we live in this world of sensationalism. We do news, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you and I are friends on Facebook, and I got to know you because uh, you're one of the salespeople at uh, the station I went to high school mm-hmm. with, and maybe that's how I could even make an intro on Facebook. But, you know, I see some of the, the stuff you deal with. Because people don't always agree with you. No, there's a difference between disagreeing and being a jerk, though. I mean, and, and I look, I've gotten death threats. I've, I've had people want to behead me. They said ISIS should behead me. You should be, in, in, you know, ingested with the AIDS virus. I mean, I, I've had it all. I mean, it's it, it's not a, a a faint of heart business to, to be in. And, and, is, that, we're, we're, is that stuff, does that happen regularly? I mean, is, uh, that, I, is, that, is it shocking when it still happens? You know, I've, I've kind of limited my Twitter, not only people I follow, <laughs> See, because of a lot of the stuff like that, because you can get caught up in all that. But I mean, it, it happened for me when the Chiefs drafted Tyree Kill. And I said, I don't want a wife beater on this team. I don't think that, that they should be drafting somebody who beat a woman. I don't agree with that. I've got two daughters. And you would have think you thought that I said, you know, something horrible about that. And it's amazing how many people defended him and defended the actions of the Chiefs for drafting somebody like that. Now, he's turned out he's been OK. I still don't really root for him. I won't cheer for for a guy like that because I don't have any respect for a guy well, like that. The, the NFL has proven over and over. They don't care. They don't either. care. They don't I mean, they, they, they just don't. And, and that to me, you know, maybe. 10 years ago, I would have thought differently about that. But now I'm married and I've got two little girls and I look at them and I go, they're, they're everything to me. You know, that, that's my world. And if somebody would do something to them, 
I mean, I'll, I'll go after you. You know, you got to protect your kids. And so that's why it just it bothers me that, that 76,000 fans can cheer a guy who, who beat a woman. So, yeah, I was getting death threats over that. And, you know, that hasn't happened since since about then. But, you know, college sports around here tends to bring out the worst in people because you got the rivalries with KU and Missouri. And that's kind of died down a little bit since, you know, Missouri doesn't really factor in all that much anymore here in Kansas City with them. Going you to heard the that here on the Startup Hustle podcast. <laughs> well, it's Missouri has not amounted to any sports, it's, it's, any, any amount of measurable sports success. Sorry, yeah, I, I couldn't help myself. That's fine. Go for it. Okay, you guys. You know, it's, I just there's a few things in this world that I just really don't like. The Missouri Tigers being one of them, <laughs> the Denver Broncos, and the fucking Cardinals could do without all of them. Well, you look at you, you look at the Denver Broncos and the Cardinals, and, and that's a jealousy thing because they just win. Well, you're and right. You, we, we all we wish don't have to talk about that, that right? You know, the Missouri <laughs> Tigers. I understand from the Kansas, you know, thing. You know, but I, I think. The, think, Chief, the Chiefs will turn you into a jealous lover. They ever. really will. And so will the Royals. Yeah. But, but you know what? At least the Royals have accomplished something. The Chiefs walk around like they have accomplished something. The Royals walk around like we still have more to accomplish, you know? Yeah. Like the Chiefs think they've done something. You, you haven't. You've blown two 18-point leads in the playoffs in the last four years. When time really matters, you suck, you know? And, and people always ask, well, this will be the year. Not as long as Andy Reid's coaching this team. It's not. I have a question for you. So, you know, I used to be in the ticket business and I did a significant amount of business with the Royals Mm -hmm. and then they got good Yeah, and they didn't need me anymore. And uh, they held my feet to the fire for a pretty significant amount of money for me to wanting me to renew a contract. Now I told you before uh, we hit record that I, and I'm a huge Royals fan. I always have been. And in 2014, I went to all 89 home games, all 81 home games and the, and the playoffs. It was something I always wanted to do. Bucket list item. I'd never do it again. It was too much work. That, that's a lot of work. I don't know how people can go to all games. Well, I just wanted to do it. And then I got halfway through it and I was like, God, I really want to quit because they weren't that good. And then they got good. And when, when we went to the World Series and that was the rest was history. And now, you know, before the 2016 series uh, season started, you know, they kind of held my feet to the fire and I didn't, I wouldn't pay the juice mm-hmm. and they not only canceled that contract, they would, they barred me from being a season ticket holder. Now my, <laughs> and how they do might you, want you back now? Oh God, I'm waiting after this year. They're going to start <laughs> calling me back. You should have seen what they were willing to do for, to get my business before yeah. they got good. Yeah. So that'll come back. I'm sure. But what do you do when the teams you love break your heart? You know what? It's it's interesting because uh, I mean that's a different kind of heartbreak. Like them, your team not being good is right. heartbreaking enough. But that I was like, oh my god! I, I think at times, and I'll say this definitely for the NFL, it's better to be a fan of your NFL team and live in another town because you can just watch the game on Sunday and enjoy the game on Sunday. You don't have to see how the meat is made and the sausage is made throughout the week. And you know, our, our producer moved here about five years ago now from Washington, D.C., but grew up a Chiefs fan. And then he got here and saw how the meat was made behind the scenes. He's like, I don't really like that so much anymore. I, I, I just want to watch my games on Sunday and, and root for my team. You see the behind the scenes stuff and you're like, wow. Does that, does that same thing go for the athletes themselves? And, you know, I don't want you to name any names, but sometimes you meet, you see people and you're like, God, this guy's just amazing. And then you meet him and you're like, Oh man. Oh yeah. That happens a lot to, for, for a lot of people. Yeah. They, they think, Oh my God, this is the greatest guy in the world. And then you meet him and you're like, Oh, but you always have to chalk it up. Maybe that guy's having a bad day too. Right. You, you know, because there are, there are days where you just have bad days and you're not going to be on, you know, I've met, I've met a few, uh, sports, um, athletes around from Kansas city. And I, every time I've met him, I'm like, 
just another just another guy. And that's the way you got to approach it. Just like, like, dude, they are just another guy. But, yeah. but you put them up on a pedestal like yeah. they're some legendary person yeah. or whatever. And then you meet him and you're like, nah, just another dude. Just another dude. My, um, my son goes to Barstow, uh, which is a little private school out here out south. And um, Jamal Charles' kids went to school there. Mm-hmm. And so when there would be uh, events... Um, we'd go to the event and Jam- Jamal Charles would be there with his wife and he had two little girls cool. and, and it was just kind of cool. And everybody was like, Oh my God, it's Jamal Charles. He's just another guy. He said, well, he was just another guy. Just another he really guy. was. Jamal's a sweetheart. You now know, he's like, gone and now but, he's gone, but that, that's how quickly it ends in, in football. Yeah. I mean, it's like tomorrow it's over for these guys. Like you plan one year and you're done the next, but Jamal was a sweet man. Like I, I always loved him. He was one of my favorites. Just a, just a down to earth guy. Like we've been very fortunate in this town where we haven't had many D bag athletes. I mean, really when I think was of Larry Johnson, it, but you know what? That guy's changed. I mean, he has. He, you know, and that's, he really has. Yeah. It's like a, a whole 180. Yeah. We did an interview with him last May, and it was the first time he had talked in years. And he's got the, the concussion syndrome now. He, he says he does. Yeah. And and so we, we talked last May, and it was incredible. I mean, we had him on the air for almost an hour, and it was some of the most riveting stuff. And, and him realizing, I messed up pretty big, man. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, messed I, think up. I, I was listening when that was on, or at least you guys replayed it. And I was actually impressed because, you know, in life, not any industry, but in life, people don't take responsibility for the things that they no. messed up. And he really did. Especially he, in your he 20s. Really yeah, yeah, I thought know. that that was, that was impressive. Now, he wasn't maybe wasn't the greatest along the way. No, he was not. And, and he admitted that. He goes, I, I was bad. I, you know, I did bad things to women. And, you know, and things like that. Every time you turned around, there was another Larry Johnson incident. You're like, man, what is going on with this guy? We, we, we ran him out of town. But I, I give guys, you know, the benefit of the doubt now. That dude turned his life around. He didn't have to turn his life around. But he did. He had a daughter. He turned his life around, became a good father, became a good citizen and became somebody that was totally different from when he was here in Kansas City. So but there really haven't been. I mean, when when you look about it, like D-bag athletes that have rolled through this town, man, I'd be hard pressed to name three. I mean, really. And, and, And I get some obvious behind the scenes dealings with these guys, but I'd be hard pressed to name three guys. So so much of this, uh, you know. There's this ecosystem that, you know, obviously without sports, sports talk doesn't exist and so many other things Mm -hmm. don't exist. Out of the major sports right now, which one would you be the most bullish on? Because a lot of people think that you take the, you know, NFL is huge right now, but if kids quit playing football, because I don't know if I want my son to play football because there's some issues around that. And and I feel like that has... Uh, changes the long-term outlook like you know uh mr watson's a huge sporting fan i have three little boys and none of them will ever play football you know i'm glad i don't have boys so i have to make that decision i really am and none of their i don't know any of their friends that play football yeah i I think it's a whole different world now i don't think football is gonna hurt tomorrow the next day but i think like when your kids start like another generation yeah yeah a generation from now because we're, we, we as parents aren't letting our kids play football because we know the harm of it. I, I equate it to this. Like if you're a parent now and you're letting your kids play football, you might as well buy them cigarettes because we know the harm that cigarettes cause kids. We now know the harm that football potentially can cause you. And then, look, if, you, if you're a smoker, the chances are maybe you don't get lung cancer, but the odds are pretty good you're going to get lung cancer if you're smoking yeah. cigarettes. If you play football, you may not get CTE, but the odds are a lot greater when you play football that you're going to get CTE and have the head injuries. Now, you could do it in soccer, too, hockey, boxing, basketball. You have a concussion. You know, baseball can happen. It can happen in every sport, but obviously football is more increased because of the boom on every single play that you're doing. And, And I just think, like, as a parent, 
I feel like if if I allowed my kid to play football, I'm not doing my job as a parent, I guess. You know, well, like you're putting them in a situation that's not for them to succeed in. Yeah, if, if you want your kids to be active and, and learn a sport they can play their whole life, might as well get them playing tennis or golf or something yeah. that they can play for the next 50 years. It's funny, my dad always used to tell me that because I resisted playing golf. I love baseball. And so you can play golf your whole life. Yeah. I still play baseball and I still suck, but I still try. Yeah, you still and, try. But like like football, man, like like we didn't, our parents wouldn't let us play. Oh, you may break your arm or hurt your knee or something like that. There was never any concussion worries. Oh, you had a helmet on. You're going to be fine. I didn't you know? even hear, I never even heard the term concussion until I was a senior in high school. So I'm sure I've had a few. Yeah, I, I just think that like the NFL is the new big tobacco. And and it just, it, I, I just find so many different similarities. Like they were trying to cover things up, just like the big tobacco was trying to cover things up. Oh, it's not that bad. And but but it, you know you see it is I mean and, and I'll never forget the first time I saw old football players I think it was 2002 or three I was at the Hall of Fame induction when Hank Stram went in and I saw um, he used to do Monday Night Football um, uh, Frank Allen Dan Deardorff, uh was walking around with a walker and a cane and I'm like oh my god and like you saw all these guys that you grew up watching that you're like you were your heroes they couldn't walk across the stage and I'm like wow this really messes guys up you get bad knees and then you find out about the concussion stuff and, and how crazy it is. so I think it's going to be a generational thing for football I don't think football is in, in danger now. But if I'm bullish on a sport, I, I think soccer is is kind of the direction that we're going. Of course, we've heard that for 20 years now, and it really hasn't caught on, but it is catching on I think now. it really is now. And, you know, I'd never even been to a, a, an MLS game until Matt took me last year. Last year, I went to more soccer games and baseball games, yeah. which things you never, I never thought I'd hear myself say. Absolutely. But I was real, I, you know, really impressed with the way that that, you know, also with my history, history and ticketing, I remember when they started the MLS. Yeah. And what was the league before when the, we had the win? No, it was the same league. It was yeah, still yeah, MLS. Yeah. Okay, well, there's been it. a couple other failed soccer leagues before, right? But this one is this is a good soccer league. It's good, you know, good quality. Not to where the, you know everybody wants it to be quite yet, but that'll take some time I, too. I, you know? so I've been a season ticket holder now at Sporting Kansas City for seven or eight years, and there's a huge difference from now to then. Yeah, just the quality of play and stuff. So it's it's growing. It, it is, and so I, I think that's growing. I, I think baseball on the local level is as strong as it's ever been. Maybe not. You don't get the national TV numbers, and people like to talk about that locally. People watch, listen, and, and, and support baseball all over the country. Uh, but I think the NBA could be potentially where it's at right now because you're, you're seeing a lot of kids migrate away from football. Do they go to the NBA or they go to baseball? They, they've got to do something to fill the time. Is there still any talk of us in Kansas City ever getting an NBA you or got, an NHL you, you team? you want to own the team? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not for $2 billion. Man, that's what it, I mean, take. Yeah, the Sprints would be happy to open the doors if, if we have an owner. And that's what it always comes back to. I'm planning on, so you guys both know, I'm planning on selling the rights to the Startup Hustle podcast and bringing an NBA team. If you can get that kind of money, I'm in. I'm working on it, Bob. I'm working on it. So, you know, what I just mentioned is similar to what radio stations might need to do. Um, You know, obviously you guys play ads and do stuff. If I'm running my own business as a broadcaster or someone in sports what are how, how do how do i make money you make money by selling i mean that that's what it's all about everything is for sale it's all oceanfront property you know you, you want to sell the title sponsorship to the shows you want to spell send ads you want to get endorsements you want to have different bits in your show that are sold and things like that and then you do the outside stuff you know the podcasting the website and, and that's the digital realm is becoming very very big for us it's not just about what people are listening to because i i just looked at something on twitter i we did a 
thing today about a, a downtown baseball stadium and, and got some information on, you know, when it's coming and just a matter of, you know, when and how we're going to do it. And I put the tweet up at two o'clock when I, I walked in here about 247. It had already had almost 500 downloads just from the Twitter app alone on that one particular tweet. That's pretty good. And that's kind of the direction of, of where everything's going. Everything has become an on-demand society yeah. right now. You know, everything is on demand, which is good, which is bad. But I, I like it because when people ask, well, you know, what do you think of this? I just send them a link to the show. Click on that. Listen to it. You know, there's no more free information out there. So first off, I love selling stuff. That's something I'm really passionate about. And the way that you have to go about doing it is different for all, all kinds of stuff. And obviously, if you don't have a vested interest in selling something, mm-hmm. you're going to sell a hell of a lot less. Of sure. It. So as a broadcaster, are you kind of like a commission salesperson on your own entity for the station? Uh, no, I mean, we, we make money off our live reads. If clients want us to endorse their product, then, then we'll make money off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm sure if, you know, I go out and find a client, I say, here, these guys are going to spend money. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll figure out a way to do it. But I look at it as the more that, that people spend on, on my show and my station, that's job security. Well, sure, you know? it's, sure. it's all about revenue in life. I mean, it really is. People can sit there and say money. Well, money's not everything. No, it is. It absolutely 100% is because the more you have, the more you can do and the more you can take care of your family. Yeah, I, I say people ask me over the years, they're like, how do I make more money? I'm like, you've got a good thing about money. You got to get good at what you do. You got to do something that matters mm-hmm. or provide some kind of value for people. Um, you know, Matt, you've made a living at that as well. Um, you know, I, I think that overall trying to make money in, in broadcasting, you, you look at like the podcast and you know, yesterday we had record downloads. So thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, it really is appreciated. And I, would you say that's kind of a surprise to you, Matt? No, we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when when we turn this off, Matt and I were we'll probably talk about, oh my God, why are people even listening to this? <laughs> you wonder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you wonder, ever wonder yeah, that? Yeah, I do all the time, right? You have to be like, what's going on? You're like, why the hell do people care what we have to say? No idea. I think that maybe our... I don't even listen to this crap. Yeah, I know. I know you also haven't read my book, <laughs> which you're in. And Bob's on that list too, because I think I said... I, I got a book. Yeah, I'm too lazy. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, Bob, these guys are both waiting for it to come out on Audible, perhaps, just like the other 900 million people that didn't buy it. So, yeah, um, yeah books, digital media, podcasting, everything, the world's inundated with options. It is. So as a broadcaster, how do you stick out and do it in a way that doesn't tank your, your long-term? Well, I, I think you, you have to be kind of focused on it. And, and, and you know, this is what we're going to give. I think, especially with the podcast sort of thing, I think those things need to be narrowed and focused and really specific as to what you're going to give people. That's why mine is just like, we're just interviewing people that make Kansas city. Great. I mean, we've had Marlins man on, we've had bill self on Rex Hudler, and we just did the city manager, Troy Schulte of Kansas city, Missouri, just to get a, a landscape of the entire, city of what's going on, you know, from a sports angle, from a non-sports angle, from a development angle. There's so much that's going on in Kansas City right now. So I think if you give people kind of, you know, the the, the narrow focus of, of what you do, they know where they can get that. And as much as we like to kind of talk about some other things, at the end of the day, we do still have to bring it back on our radio show to talking about sports because that's why people come to us. So I often compared a podcast to talk radio. Very similar. What's the, what was the, and for those of you listening, Bob has a new podcast. It's called the Bobcast. The, the Casey Bobcast. Yes. Yeah, very original. Yeah. I like, I like it. I think that's yeah. clever. 
Um, so why why the push to do the podcast as well when I can... Is it because that's just you? It, it, it's just another way to generate more revenue, another way to get your brand out there, another way to get into people's minds. You know, it's like we, we want to be everywhere. I mean, it, it's got a video element to it as well. You know, all the podcasts are done on video. And so they'll be up on video. They're on iTunes. They're on Google Play. They're on our website. I mean, they're everywhere. We want to be in your face. We want to be where you go all the time. We started a new website in, in March of 2017, last year. And the numbers we had before were like nothing. You know, nobody went to the to the website. Now it's six ten sports dot com. It, it, it I, I like a million percent it grew in, in a year. I'm not making that up. Like a huge because we went from nothing to you know millions of people going out there because we can get the information in front of people. We can we have all have the ability to do a quick blog post, put it up there, throw it out there on Twitter, throw it out on Facebook, and that's why I say, oh, you get favorites and re- retweets, great. But but if you put your link up there, then you're getting credit for it. You're sending people to your website, your brands in front of them. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think that, you know, you and I were talking through Facebook or somewhere about podcasting. And, you know, I'd mentioned that we felt like we had done a, a decent job of getting ourselves out there. Um, you know, having a soapbox to stand on doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, so I have a different question. At what point do you consider anything in sports or competition a dynasty? Well, I think you got the New England Patriots. That's about it. Okay. So you know where I'm going with this, Watson, don't you? Talking about our dynasty? I'm talking about my dynasty, maybe. <laughs> so, Bob, I, it, I mean, I think if, you're, if you control everything and you're, you're so, the only game in town, you're a well, dynasty, right? Well, and I, I want, I, if we're going to do an episode on sports, we're going to have to give us another world. So, a lot of people that have listened to a lot of our shows know Matt oh, Watson shit. is 0 for 15. On yeah, air this is going. against me at Rock, Paper, Scissors, Rochambeau. Okay. It's, I mean, he's really one loss away from truly being the Cleveland Browns of Rochambeau. You so, need to just kind of like hesitate at the end, like I do with my seven year old oh, like, every time. Okay, wait, let's, because I know that. <laughs> All right, you talk about weird things. You thought I have walked into Matt's office and I saw him watching a tutorial on the the psychology of rock paper scissors. We also had a user that posted a video of a robot that can beat you every time at rock paper scissors. Look, he's he's working on it. No kidding, my gosh. So I think the question here is: is do I need to face him? Now, or should we test the fact that Matt loses to everybody by you beating him? All right, let's see what we got here. You're going to beat him? Let's see. Maybe. Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're going to do this. I want you I want, I want. want you to see if you can beat Bob. Maybe. Okay. Then All I'll right. give you another shot. You okay. guys work this out. And I'll, right. I'll tell you what. I will give play-by-play. All right. So we're here in the Startup Hustle uh, studio, and we've got a, a brutal matchup today between the currently winless Matt Watson's and the soon to be champion Bob Fesco's go ahead guys All right beat him <laughs> Fesco wins with scissors over paper that's funny I god I really like wish I didn't even like hesitate on that one it was it's true Matt I want to say that you look really defeated. I have right a now. dynasty going here. <laughs> what do you call it? Is, do the Browns have like a negative dynasty? Well, my dynasty hysterical. is hysterical. My dynasty is. is you always bet against me and you win. How do you? But how do you lose all the time in this? So I mean, like, no, he only if loses I was on in, air. If it, we have to do it for something that matters, yeah. he'll be. So if we can get these odds in Vegas, I would bet like a million dollars against me. All right, pretend this isn't here. Now you guys do it. 
that's the thing. Are you going to go play by play for us? No. Come on. You're the guy that, wait, this, is, this is the whole no, show. I'm going to watch. I'll recap it because I can least... second guess when it's over as a sports talk show. Oh, I see how it goes. So, so you want to see who wins and then you want to talk about right. why, why you knew that was going right, to happen. Exactly. Yeah, ready? I'm ready. Oh, oh, he beat you. That's because I'm the good luck charm. It in is here. over. And he's mad. Look how ready No, I'm really not. I'm happy for you, Matt. I really am. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to talk about now because I spent a lot of time talking about that. He's got a one nothing lead in the last one. so I guess that's true. You're only as good as your last one. I know you can manipulate stats any way you want for the argument you want to present. Is there any way you wanted to break that down past that? Because I felt like maybe you distracted me a little bit. And I, I don't know. I'm going to be like the whiny kid that shouldn't have. I think I'm just going to stop. I I think you just need to move. I would recommend that you do. Although I guess the odds would maybe say you could maybe win 14. Yeah, I think so. I'm on a heater. Yeah, except for the night when you played me for the $200 dinner tab. Oh, yeah. Which was was also your idea. You lost. If you want to check that out, comment on today's episode. Tell Matt Watson how proud of him you are that he finally won. On our Facebook Start a puzzle chat. Make sure to do that. And uh, Bob, thanks for coming in. You got it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It yeah, was thanks ni- a lot. It was nice yeah. to have someone truly professional here. And Who? A, well, Matt. Oh, okay, he's the one that right, won. Yeah. Well, actually, you guys. My won. dynasty is over. It is. See you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.